Hi there, and welcome to another TPI Talks crew call. My name is Stu Hume, editor of TPI Magazine. Once again, we have Jacob calling in from Liverpool. Hello. And uh, we actually have a call in from New Zealand today. Uh, we've got Johnny Curl. Hi, Johnny. How are you doing? Yeah, very well, thanks. How are you guys doing? Yeah, not too bad. Not too yeah, bad. Yeah, not too bad. So, main reason we wanted to get you on the call today is that you were behind, well, one of the many people behind the latest show that happened in New Zealand. Well, the first, the first show post lockdown. Is that correct? Yeah, as far as I'm aware, it was it was the first kind of large scale event like that in the world post COVID lockdown. So it's pretty exciting. Nice. But before we get to that, the last time, well, it was Jacob's the last time I met you kind of face to face, if you remember what that was like back when you were, uh, <laughs> it was in, was it Jacob Munich? Yeah, I think it was in the Munich stadium, wasn't it? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. So for the last, and that was almost a year to the day. So for, you know, what's the last year been like for you? What have you been up to? Um, we continued that pink stadium tour, um, probably for another month or so after that Munich show, we had a few one-offs um at the end of that pink tour to wrap it up and, and we finished up finished up with pink around november mid-november last year after that i took a bit of time off came back to new zealand spent summer down here which was nice did some work down here and uh started this year went back to the states to to go on with billy eilish that was uh, a couple or a few weeks of prep and rehearsals production and whatnot and we got three shows in before the tour got postponed <laughs> and um so uh, that was where, as i was postponed because of because of lockdown so were you, you, what was your kind of deal then were you in the states were you where were you and how did you get home <laughs> yeah I, I was in the states so when it happened there was quite a lot of uncertainty as to how long lockdowns were going to be going on for um and what was going to happen with the scheduling of the tour so i went back to la spent a bit of time there there was talk of maybe the tour recommencing at some point from the la dates and when it became apparent that that wasn't going to happen, I started thinking about getting home. New Zealand government issued a statement saying, if you want to come home, you should come home now sort of thing. <laughs> so I did that and, and got in just before the, the lockdown in New Zealand. So what have you been up to during lockdown then? And what's lockdown been like in New Zealand? We had a very strict lockdown um, that lasted probably the best part of two months or so we had a five week very strict lockdown and then another few weeks of um fewer restrictions but still still quite a strict lockdown um i actually managed to to catch COVID, so i had a few weeks where i wasn't doing a lot at all um and between myself and the person i was living with we had a good maybe four or five week period where we weren't really able to go out and do anything or leave the house at all um the lockdown in new zealand you weren't unless you were going out for essentials unless you're doing shopping or you need to go to the bank or something uh you couldn't leave you, you could exercise but you weren't supposed to go out in your car unless you were going to get essentials so there wasn't a lot to do despite the fact that i couldn't go out um that that lasted for as i say maybe five weeks so i was not doing a lot and then once we started to drop down the lockdown levels uh, the local arena down here was repurposed for a good chunk of lockdown for a distribution center for uh, essentials, uh, food and essential items and stuff. And that was all people in the industry. So that was pretty cool. I got involved with that for a few weeks, um, probably a couple of months actually got involved with that. And that was kind of a, like a regular day job for a little while, which is, which is a laugh. And it felt good to be doing something that felt like it was doing good for the community, you know? Yeah. 
And so was it the Spark Arena that actually kind of got in touch with local crew people to get involved in this? Or was it some other organization? What was the deal? My understanding, it's a government program. So the government got in touch with Spark Arena. They got in touch with their uh, typical production guys and Live Nation production guys. And then they reached out to all the different crewing agencies and, and suppliers and stuff uh, locally. And so, yeah, it, it varied and, you know, each day was different numbers. But it, it, at one point was employing quite a lot of people which was great to see. Oh, okay. So leading up to that point, obviously kind of doing this, this work and then, you know, it comes across your desk that they actually wanted to do a show in the Spark Arena. Yeah. Um, so could you talk about that transition from kind of doing this kind of temporary work to then kind of going back to your regular, regular job, really? Yeah, it was, it was strange. It was great to have a job on offer. It was great to realize that, you know, New Zealand was going back to normal to an extent. Um, obviously it was something that I hadn't had to think about for a little while. So there's a lot of scratching my head when planning for it and when uh, prepping it, mm. but all in all, there was a lot of excitement about it. And especially the people that were involved in the show and, you know, the couple of weeks leading up, it was very much something that people were looking forward to, which was, which was really nice, especially after, you know, a good, very lengthy lockdown where we didn't have an awful lot that was exciting us, you know? Mm. And what was it like to be back on site again? Was it an emotional experience for you or? Is it just like any other day? Uh, it was. It was definitely different to a regular regular working day. It was very special. It felt, uh, yeah, it was. It was emotionally in the sense that we were very aware of how fortunate we were to be doing that. When you know most people in this industry are unable to, and I've got friends and colleagues around the world who, you know, I was very aware they weren't allowed to leave their houses, or you know, they couldn't go down the road, couldn't be in any gatherings. Yet we were able to. We, we found ourselves in a situation where we could be doing full scale shows again, which was, which was a very, quite a unusual feeling. Hmm. Uh, just to backtrack a little because it was, uh, the band was LAB that was doing the first show. Had you worked with them before? What was, how did you kind of get brought into this project? No, so I hadn't worked with LAB before. Um, I was working with a supplier company who I've done work with in the past and uh, they're, they're New Zealand's main acoustics house and being an acoustics guy, um, I've had dealings with them in the past when I've come down with tours and, and we've kept in touch. And when I've been down here, I've been working for them. So yeah, they got the gig and, and asked me to do it. So it was, uh, yeah, it was good to be involved. Really good to be involved. So in terms of the kind of lead up to the show, in terms of what you were hearing from, you know, the band's management and, you know, obviously the, um, the rental house that was supplying the acoustics gear, were there any kind of changes in terms of your setup, in terms of extra health and safety measures that the crew were taking? Um, could you just talk through the kind of lead up to the show in that sense? There wasn't a lot of additional, um, additional precautions taken. By the point we were allowed by the government to have mass gatherings like that, there was no community transmission of COVID in New Zealand anymore. So um, the crowd was encouraged to uh, sign in with contact tracing apps um we we had to do that as crew but that was about all that we really had to do mm -hmm. um like i say we're really lucky to be in that position where we are allowed mass gatherings because there is yeah. very very small or little to no risk of community transmission because mm -hmm. there's one thing you know it's the conversation everyone's having i'm sure you've had it like with your colleagues across the world is are there going to be any kind of uh hangovers from uh covid in terms of just you know new kind of precautions in terms of health and safety i know you're on the kind of system design things but your friends in monitor world are you finding it there even maybe being more like kind of um 
when it comes to cleaning microphones and kind of cleaning body packs? Do you find there's just more of that in this kind of? Show? Yeah, yeah, that, that's a valid point and something that I don't consider too often when I'm at the other end of the multi-core, but sure. you are right. And, and when we did do those shows and a couple of smaller shows leading up, there was um, a lot more focus on making sure mics weren't shared unless they've been fully sanitized. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure that will continue for a long time yet, especially as different territories and different countries have kind of different responses to the, to the virus. Mm. And then, you know, on the other side, it, when you were kind of like doing, doing the rounds of the arena, just checking the system, did you see a kind of change in the audience that maybe you would have seen like, let's say like four months ago, was there a kind of different vibe in the room? There was a very unique vibe and that was pretty special. That was, um, that was really nice to be involved in and, mm-hmm. and to be part of because, you know, for everybody at the gig, that was their first real outing like that for oh. a very long time. And they were all in the exact same situation as, you know, myself and the other guys working. And they'd be desperately looking forward to, to, to being able to go back to a live concert and, you know, particularly something in New Zealand, New Zealand band, mm-hmm. New Zealand hunters in the crowd. Everyone was, you know, and, and it was... And an atmosphere I'd love to be able to be in all the time. Yeah. It was really nice. And in terms of system design, was there any disparities between like a typical arena gig of before isolation and now? Not necessarily. I tried to take the same approach I always take. Um, obviously limitations in that I wasn't familiar with the band or, or familiar with the front house engineer. So that, that affected my workflow a little bit. But as far as overall approach, it was the same. Uh, you might have to correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I was doing a bit of reading before. And was that show upgraded to the arena? Was it meant to be an arena show originally? Are they usually that kind of level band? It was supposed to be in a smaller venue. Okay. Um, I'm not entirely sure how the dates changed, obviously around COVID, but I believe the show was, the date was changed because of COVID. And then there was such a response, ticket sales after the fact that they yeah, put it up from being in the town hall here, which is, which is quite a bit smaller to, to being in the arena. Um, and you were mentioning before how you've been kind of chatting to, you know, colleagues around the world who are in very different situations depending on what territory they're in. But mm. as, you know, I guess a case study of, uh, you know, a region of the world that has, I wouldn't say got through it all because we never know what's kind of around the corner, but you've now got to a stage where live events can happen. From your perspective, is there anything that could be learned from, what you kind of experienced during those kind of first shows that you think could then be passed on to the rest of the world as they kind of hopefully come out of the other end of this? I think one big thing that, that New Zealand's been uh, focusing on, really big on, is just trying to treat each other well and, and be respectful of, you know, different people's situations. And you can tell when you go on to, to, to group events and that event, you could tell some people were, were less comfortable than others. And mm. it's, you know, everyone was respectful of everyone else. And, everyone was mindful that, that other people would feel different about it and differently about it. And I think that's pretty, pretty important because the last thing you want when you're able to do these sorts of events again is for people not to enjoy them. Sure. And, and I think, you know, everyone that went to that gig did enjoy it because people were, were respectful. People were uh, approaching it the way I think they should have been. And what have been like the kind of main questions you've been getting from, you know, fellow kind of sound engineers from across the world when they've heard that you were behind the show, what's, what's been like kind of the top of the list of what they want to know? Uh, there's not been as many questions, gig related questions, as much as just expressions of, of envy and jealousy, <laughs> okay. which is totally understandable. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, not too many people have really asked any technical questions at all, if I'm honest. <laughs> <laughs> what are their general concerns then and the questions that they're asking? Are they kind of just, are they intrigued about New Zealand in general and, and what's kind of next for you? Have you got loads of gigs planned? What's the sort of landscape like in New Zealand gig-wise? I mean, the landscape is, um, it's, well, everything here, daily life is back to normal, really. The only restrictions that remain in New Zealand are at the border, um, people coming into the country. Uh, so, yeah, moving forward, everything's, everyone's pushing for everything to go back to normal. Coming into, obviously we're in winter here at the moment, but as we approach summer, there's going to be more and more gigs. There's still, you know, in the next couple of months are still looking reasonably quiet. There's things popping up here and there, but everyone's expecting come summertime for it to be um, back in full swing. Although, obviously, it will be just New Zealand artists. Mm-hmm. And have you got any projects lined up yourself? Or? Nothing uh, set in stone at this point in time. Um, my plans for the next little while, I'm going to be in New Zealand until, until my tour recommences. Um, so that could be... You know, that could be six months or that could be a year when nobody knows really. I'm just going to enjoy the downtime while I, while I can. And I, and I am actually, it's quite nice to be back here without stressing about work or without trying to find a gig. You know, everyone's in the same boat internationally, so I can just enjoy the downtime really. Yeah, I suppose it's probably the longest time you've been home as well, isn't it? And off the road. Yeah, it's the longest time I've been off the road in, in at least five years. Um, so... Yeah, it's great to be back here. And as I say, normally when I do have any time off, you're either planning a tour or you're trying to find a tour or there's other things on your mind. At the moment, now that everyone's in the same boat, it's um, I'm feeling <laughs> strangely relaxed about everything. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's a common thing. That, you know, we're speaking to engineers from both the UK and America as well. And it's the one, I suppose the, the only one current, you know, recurring theme is that everyone's saying like, you know what, when I get back to touring, I'm going to try and remember some of the stuff I did learn in lockdown in terms of kind of a bit of, you know, everything from like self-care and just kind of like, you know, enjoying the smaller things rather than kind of going a million miles an hour. Is that something you're going to try and maybe kind of carry on when, you know, the world touring resumes? Yeah, absolutely. I like to think that with this, this time off, I've, I've learned to really appreciate the time off more than, mm. more than anything. Because previously I've been the kind of person that, you know, if I get a, a month between tour legs, I'll try and fill that month with something. Mm. And uh, I think this has been a good opportunity for me to go, oh, actually, it's quite enjoyable to spend a month doing nothing. Mm. <laughs> or just even, even you know, just prioritising, um, spending time with friends and family, which is what I've been doing back here. It's been really, really nice. Mm. I mean, there's something also to be said as well, the fact that, you know, New Zealand has kind of got to a stage where it can run shows, um, but obviously no international acts are going to be coming in for obvious reasons. Is there maybe kind of a thought within the industry over there that it could be it could be really good for local artists, you know, getting like a, a local band that's now in the arena who maybe if this was regular times, they wouldn't have been. Is there maybe a thought that this could be a bit of a chance? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And a lot of people are thinking that um, a lot of promoters are obviously having to go, who can, who can fill these slots now? Who are going to be the next big artist? So there's a big push for New Zealand artists at the moment. There's also, you know, there's, there's a lot of crew here that, have an opportunity to, to get involved in some of these shows or, you know, a crew that could have been working with a, a pub level band or a club level band then may now have the opportunity to, to do arena shows or to do large scale stuff. So there's definitely an opportunity for growth in all aspects of the, of the live industry. So that's pretty exciting. And I'm sure there are guys here that are, that are looking forward to that, particularly 
come summertime when we sure. I think the plan is to still do that like large scale festivals and big events but it'll just be just be a, a lot of kiwis <laughs> <laughs> and um, I suppose there's just other one thing I want to go through is um we've used a lot of front of house engineers monitor engineers who have kind of obviously gone down the streaming route you know and they're almost kind of like learning some broadcast skills to kind of make themselves useful as artists are trying to just find new ways to kind of communicate to audience as a system designer has there been any kind of like you know skills that you've maybe picked up during lockdown or you've seen other colleagues that have been kind of like diversifying and you know what do you think it could the world 20 well 2021 could look like for system designers in terms of trying to have more skills and utilizing in the industry i think that's a tricky one because it's not as applicable as mm. as you know front house guy saying oh, i can do a broadcast show or something um obviously when you're doing system design what you what you're trying to achieve as you progress through your career and and develop the skills as you want you know these these large-scale events to be bigger and better and now we're talking about making these large-scale events probably smaller in my situation so it doesn't it doesn't really <sighs> doesn't really line up the same way as it does for for other aspects of the job i mean i'm sure there's plenty of people out there particularly people that aren't able to think about going back to gigs now that are frantically hunting for something that that could be uh used moving forward i've been spending a lot of time you know fiddling and studying stuff and fiddling with design approach and it's a good opportunity to do that when you don't have too much else to worry about Mm -hmm. um so i'd like to think that i'll have I'll have some good ideas coming into touring again, um, but they will be based around the same concepts of, of large scale live events. Do you find that a lot of people in the industry during this downtime are sort of honing their skills or do you think quite a few of them are looking away from the industry for whether that means alternative employment and do you think there might be sort of a gap of sort of technical skills that are lost when live events get back to normality again? It is a concern. I think there will be a, a percentage of of people in the industry who aren't able to survive this amount of downtime. Um, you know, it's particularly challenging for people in the in the northern hemisphere because you know they've just gone through winter, and a lot of people I know will finish up touring at the end of summer or at the end of the year. They'll have a certain amount of money put aside for planned downtime over winter, and then unfortunately, a lot of those guys didn't really get to get back on their feet again. So I'm sure there will be a lot of people who won't make it through, which is, which is really disappointing. Um, but I guess that op- opens up opportunities for other people who are, who are dedicating themselves to it and who are kind of powering through the, the mm-hmm. loss of income and loss of employment. And I'm, I'm sure at the other end of it, we'll see a lot of people coming out. It'll be skilled new people, which will be exciting. Okay, um, Johnny, I think that's uh, pretty much everything I want to go through. Thanks uh, so much cool. for coordinating this, uh, you know, transnational <laughs> call that we managed to get. Yeah, to no worries. Yeah, right. thanks, guys. Right, well, hopefully yeah, we'll see you, you at a tour, a tour again soon, eh? <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Brilliant. All right, thanks for your time, man. See cool. you later. Bye. See you guys.